that music means it is Sunday night. This is KCSM. Music means it's Sunday night. This is KCSM.org, True Community Radio here in San Marcos, Texas. It is time for Riasis. And we have Kathy Laura here with us, hosting again uh, this week. Well, I don't think it's going to change, but... Uh, so, Kathy, who is your guest that you have in tonight? We have as our guest this evening, Melba Santiana Garcia. That's correct. And she's here to have a conversation with us about the tradition of the quinceanera. Uh, but as always, we always like to start off with a little bit of family history, and so we're going to let her introduce herself and uh, tell us a little bit about her family hist- history background. Welcome to the show, Melba. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, my name again is Melba Santiana Garcia. I'm actually from Martindale and then moved in the 90s to San Marcos. Although our family um, is, is a lot here in San Marcos and in the Maxwell uh, Lockhart area. Uh, my family is very big. My grandmother's uh, maiden name was Acosta. Her name was Estela Guerrero Acosta. So we have a lot of family with Guerrero family, the Acosta family, they're very well known. My grandfather, my maternal grandfather, he is also, he was actually born in Kyle, but his family is from San Luis Potosí in Mexico. His family came to the US and back in, uh, I think it was like 1916 they left after my great-grandmother's father was hung by the Federalistas, um, thinking that they were helping the Pancho Villa's army, part of the revolution, uh-huh. yes. And they thought he was helping them. So they must have had some type of land holdings, because that's usually what happens mm-hmm. is that they come and they think that you're helping. And mm-hmm. it wasn't an easy task for people at that time because you were either for or against. And if people couldn't figure you out, mm-hmm. then you know you you suffered the consequences. Yes, and they and my grandparents, great grandparents, they were peasants mm-hmm. in Mexico. So when that happened, um, uh, they hung my great great grandfather from a tree. And my, my, it was his son, had a small knife. He was a younger son and was able to cut him from the tree. And then the Federalistas put him, tied him to the back of a, a wagon oh, and dragged right. him through town. So at that time, it was time for the family to move to the United States. They all came through ferry um, in the Laredo area. And from what I understand is, it's kind of hard to talk about it, but... When they came in, they were sent and divided. The women went to one area, the men went to another area, and my great-grandmother uh, remembers where they stripped them of their clothing, and then they were checked for disease and lice as they came into America. They were legal, they were legal aliens. They did not swim across the river. Um, they were here legally. And that's how the whole family started. It, so it, it's it's a, a little bit bittersweet because here's now your your great great grandmother moving her family here and leaving behind you know a husband and was it a son as well or a, a, it was actually my great grandmother uh-huh. her husband uh-huh. they they moved to Texas but left behind her mother and other family members which was extremely hard um, 
but that's how it all started and they started working in a farm well you come to the united states and now you know you you you've left behind a country that's uh, just uh, raging in war but you're here and now you have an opportunity to try to make a better life and so tell us a little bit about how that went for for, for them while they were here while they were here and they started working on a farm and uh my great aunt uh tani's her last name is Salmon. Uh, she, were, her father, worked on a farm, and um, she fell in love with the farmer's uh, uh, boy, son. And they got married. And if you know any of the Salmons in town, it's a very large family. That's where our family originates from. So they were farmers. And then from then, uh, as my grandfather met my grandmother, my grandmother is Ana Costa and she was a city girl and he was a country boy they fell in love he went off to world war ii they had two children he went off to world war ii he was um in the army and um he was on the ship um that went to japan and his job was to recover the american bodies Mm -hmm. and bring them back on the way back from japan to the u.s their boat was hit by a typhoon but he always says that he, you know, prayed about it and stuff, and he survived. And when he came back, um, he ended up working at um, an area where they, somewhere here in San Marcos, I think it was near Gary Job Corps, where they made bombs. And then they they had a good job, and they moved right across the street from, as we call it, Barrio Pescal. That's where the Acosta family lived, and they had a nice house across the street. I think it's called La Hacienda now, I think, mm-hmm. across the street from there. And then when the war, uh, they stopped needing bombs, he lost his job. When he lost his job, he had to take his children and his wife, and they became migrant workers. They went to Colorado Springs. They went to Wisconsin. Uh, they traveled all over the U.S., and then they came back, and they settled in Martindale. Mm-hmm. So that's how our family ended up in Martindale, and it was so nice because we could not lock the doors at night <laughs> and ride the bike in the in the town. It's now a city, but it, we lived right. My grandparents lived on the river, and we all lived next door. My uncle lived next to my mom, my grandmother. Um, my other aunt lived across the street, and we lived less than a mile. And it, it was the best time. And some of your Acosta relatives are still in the Vario Pascal area. Yes, yes. I, I have several family members that are Acostas that still live there. And when Reverend was here, he said to us that the neighborhood there, or I had called the city, and they told us that neighborhood was probably about 1948, 1949. Right, right so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, my grandmother uh, lived right where La Hacienda is, that right on that little road there. <laughs> they had several houses. Her father, um, I'm not sure what he did, but he was able to acquire uh, land in that area. And he, everyone lived next to each other. And then he sold off all that land that he had. So when I think of Vario Pascal, I think of my family because I'm still, we, still, we actually still have houses there, family houses there. And then uh, we were talking about, you know, you, you've started to do genealogy and you've uh, kind of um, traced back some of your ancestors. So tell me uh one of your family members that you've been able to trace back to whether it's spain or portugal or mexico or yes we were actually able to go back my cousin and i have been working on it and we've been actually be able to go back to um i don't know how many times great grandfather (laughs) but um he was the lord of milan in italy so our family came from italy from italy then to portugal 
and Portugal and, you know, Spain, and then from there to Mexico. Mm -hmm. And then my family, the story my grandmother would always say is that they came from Spain. Her great-grandmother came from Spain. They moved to Mexico City, and then her grandmother fell in love with an Indio. Mm -hmm. And it was forbidden to marry her parents did not want to her to get married to him because he was from a different class. Mm -hmm. Of course, she ignored them and still married them. <laughs> so that's how they ended up there. And they ended up in um, Guadalajara, Monterrey, Guanajuato, uh, Michoacuan, and Jalisco. So if we're talking about Mexico City, we're we're going back quite a bit yes. ways, you know, maybe mm -hmm. what, 1600s or? 16, yes, 16, 1500s, wow. still going back to then. Wow, oh, 400 years mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing how, you know, the Spanish were, were uh, meticulous record keepers, and so, you know, you can go to the church mm -hmm. and find those records, and now all these things are really available to us at the tip of our, uh, you know, of our of our fingertips. Mm -hmm. So do you belong to any of the genealogy societies or? No, we've no. just kind of been doing it amateurs yeah. on our own and then trying to piece all the pictures and, you know, history, the marriage licenses. We were able to find my three times great-grandfather's marriage certificate from Mexico, and when he got married, they, you know, labeled you, you know, if you were mestizo or indio, you know, Spaniard. And he would, it, on there, it was Indio. Mm -hmm. And his wife also was Indio. We still haven't been able to find out what tribe they belonged to, but they were peasants. So some of those tribes ended up kind of dissolving mm -hmm. as time went on. Yeah, and a lot of times uh, they, would, they wouldn't put that, but you can probably more or less get an idea from the area that you're in or mm -hmm. the, uh, the church where they, and, and you can kind of figure out. You, you won't ever be able to unless you do a, a DNA testing mm -hmm. and you find somebody from that area that yes. can generally tell you that. But it's, it's interesting that you say that because you, you, you do see that written out in the margin, Indio. Yes. And it kind of gives you a sense of um, how the Spanish word, too, and you talked about the, the Costa system, mm -hmm. that, it, that for a lot of people it was forbidden. You couldn't do that because you were coming a class down. But to kind of see that and realize, oh, my God, my family comes from these people that were considered undesirable. Mm -hmm. But it says a lot about uh, the tenacity that you have to be able to overcome that and to move forward. And here we are, you know, talking about it, these things, you know, 400 years later. Yes, it's it's very interesting to go back and then to see what they did. We have judges from Mexico. We have a countess in there uh, from uh, Italy um, and um, of course, of it came up that um, we're related to the Lord of Milan from back in, back in the day. <laughs> so that's in, very interesting to yeah. find out. Um, so, and what year do you do you know what year y'all came over from Italy into into Mexico? I was thinking that was in the 13, 1400s, yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. It was it was very it, it was up there, mm -hmm. but we could we were able to trace it all the way, mm -hmm. and um, just been very interesting finding out that we have a coat of arms, and then we also had a Jewish, yeah. Sephardic Jews, yeah, Sephardic Jews on my um, grandmother's side, and Ashkenazi on my dad's side. 
Yeah, so, you know, earlier we were talking about that, and we were talking about the Guerrero family, and I said, you know, probably trace back to Monterey, mm-hmm. and you said yes. Yes. And so this is where your, your Sephardic Jew stuff is coming yes. from. Yes. Because there was a high concentration of uh, the Sephardi there in, in Monterey, so that's... We were actually able yeah. to trace the Jewish part, the actual person, mm-hmm. the, and it, on, on the ancestry it showed the symbol, um, the uh, Star David. Mm-hmm. To, to show that he was a Jew. Did any of your ancestors ever get caught up in the Inquisition on this side, you know, in in, in um, Mexico? Not that I know of. I, I mean, not no, I didn't. I did not. I just know that they left Spain, mm-hmm. so that's where I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. That's why they left Spain because of the war mm-hmm. and moved to Mexico mm-hmm. City. Yeah, a lot of them came with. Um, Hernan Cortez, mm-hmm. because they were trying to get away from, uh, at, at that time, um, Isabella and Ferdinand were in power, and so they had uh, all these rules, and you had to convert, and if you didn't convert, then yes. you're going to get ex- expelled or death. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of them decided to, to come on these ships, and then they'd bring their families over. And mm-hmm. so they were thinking that they were not going to fall under the arm of the Inquisition, but, but Spain sent their guys nice over, over here. <laughs> so, uh, well, that's, that's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So is there, a, you want to tell us another story, or is? Pretty much. Yep. I mean, that, that's where our family, mm-hmm. you know, wh- that's where we originated. And now our family in Texas is is all over the place. So do you know if any of your family members had land grants? Uh, I don't know, and I really wish that we could do a history on that. Okay. Well, are we ready for a yeah, break? we're ready for a station break. This is uh, Riasis here on Sunday night on KZSM.org, True Community Radio. And again, uh, this uh, any views expressed on this show are those of the hosts and the guests, not necessarily those of KZSM or SMTXCRA. We're going to take a quick station ID break, and we'll be right back after these public service announcements. Kissing Alley Concert Series starts off the new 2023 season with the local Irish sounds of the band Oh Malarkey. That's who you're listening to right now, folks. 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Thursday, March 16th in the historic Kissing Alley. It's on Hopkins Street right across from the courthouse. It is free. It is all ages. It is underwritten by a grant from the Arts Commission from the city of San Marcos. Come on out. Where are you green, folks? We're going to be listening to Omalarkey, 7 to 9 p.m., Thursday, March 16th. Order in the court. In the distant year of 2021, mankind has traveled to the far reaches of outer space. This vast galaxy is full of life forms of every shape and size, and there is one common need that unites them all. Not food, not water, in space, Everybody needs a lawyer. But who can rise to the challenge? Who has the guts to defend the denizens of our universe? I'll tell you who. Lance Vibrato, astronaut attorney. 
Tune in every Sunday at 9 p.m. to hear the cosmic courtroom comedy that befalls Lance Vibrato, astronaut attorney. Only on KZSM.org. Tune in tonight, 9 o'clock. We've got a new episode this week of uh, Lance Vibrato, astronaut attorney, as he takes his journeys through time. Yes, it is comedy. Okay, so uh, tune in and enjoy that. But for right now, we're back with Kathy Lahr here on Rhesus. So we, we invited Melba to come to the show and talk to us about uh, the tradition of the quinceanera. And so can you go ahead, go ahead and give us a little bit of history of the quinceanera? Yes. What is a quinceanera? Well, it can be compared to a debutante ball. It origins date back to Spain and France, where young girls who would be turning 15 and of marriage age are presented into society in hopes of finding a marriage suitor. As France and Spain practice uh, Catholicism, the church traditions were incorporated into the festivities. When the Spanish settled in Latin America, Latin America and what is now known as North America, the tradition was widely practiced during the Second Mexican Empire about 1865. So, so during the Second um, uh, Mexican Empire, that's when France was was in Mexico, and uh, I think Maximilian and uh, Carlota were there, and so she uh, kind of wanted because of the issues that they were having, they still weren't settled. Well, uh, she was trying to introduce these things back to kind of change the mood a little bit and to kind of marry the young girls that were here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the soldiers and kind of make a good marriage suitor so that they could kind of help the the French Empire now that was in Mexico uh, get a, a, a stead hold there. But that just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so, but the, this tradition of um, introducing your daughter into society started the uh, quinceanera tradition here mm-hmm. in Mexico and in the United so States. So French tradition ended up being something that we... So French tradition has been <laughs> something that we have continued on <laughs> to this day. And mm-hmm. it's interesting how these roots of different traditions and with what you were saying with that influence that they wanted uh, to have that French influence to, you know, civilize and uh, to, to bring that in and... Uh, uh, but who even knew until you guys talked about it tonight? Yeah. <laughs> and um, so um, society-wise, you know, could anybody have a quinceanera? Well, it used to be those that had money, but padrinos are the ones that actually help support the family in putting on the quinceanera. And I was going to give you a little more history on the quinceanera. The quinceanera is celebrated today from a variety of cultures the Aztecs, Mayans, and the Toltecs had special customs marking when a young woman arrived at the age of marriage. Spanish settlers also had similar traditions as did many other nations. The quinceanera spread among Latinas in the United States starting in the 1930s and its customs are varied and still evolving. Um, So today's quinceanera typically combines a blessing from the Catholic Church with coming of age traditions and now we also use a deacon so it's not traditional as it used to be um i remember um that um in order for you to be able to have a quinceanera you had to have all your sacraments so you had to be baptized you had to have your holy communion and your confirmation, uh, confirmation. Mm-hmm. um and that 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 
that didn't mean to say that you could not have a, a quinceanera, but you couldn't have a, a mass. A mass, in yes. A, in a church mm-hmm. if you didn't have those sacraments. And so now that has changed, too, because now uh, confirmation is done at a later time. Mm-hmm. So now you don't have to have that, but you, you still have to have uh, your sac- the first you have sacraments. To still, you still have to have your sacraments when back in the late 70s, I, I had my quinceanera in 1981. And I had to go through and make sure that I had all of my sacraments before I had my quinceanera. And my parents, um, first it was my grandmother. My grandmother um, was the one that paid for my dress. And then my uncles and aunts that were people that baptized me, uh, the ones that were my padrinos for the confirmation, um, first communion, Mm -hmm. they all had parts in in the quinceanera and paid for different things. Mm -hmm. Now, from that point on, you have the next cousins and they helped pay for the quinceanera. Mm -hmm. So, and it wasn't, mine wasn't extravagant. I did have a a band that played all the quinceaneras back (laughs) then. And uh, the favorite song back then was um, Europa by Santana mm-hmm. and there was a local band that played all the quinceaneras and the very first song was Europa also we didn't do a waltz mm. so the tradition is to do a waltz mm-hmm. and that just that was back in 1981 and we didn't do that and we didn't even we did do the father daughter dance but we did not do the waltz so those are two main dances now you have the waltz, the father-daughter dance, and a surprise dance. And that's when you have someone, a uh, choreographer, work with the uh, chambalines, which is the court, the males, and the damas. And they, come to, they go to a studio, they have a professional choreographer or someone in the family that can choreograph, uh, does choreography, and they put on a special dance. And it's supposed to be a surprise dance. And they change their outfits and... We have from you know um, a, um, how do you how do you call it line dancing. We have a t- the time of your life from what was that movie? Um, oh uh, yeah, the one with the Patrick, Patrick Swayze. Swayze. Yeah. Yes, that movie. Um, I can't even remember it any, anymore. But oh, great! Dirty uh, dancing. Yeah, dirty dancing. Yes, we. I've seen a lot of that <laughs> when they pick up the girl mm-hmm. and they do something. And then you have those that, um, what I'm actually seeing are dreamers whose children now are having quinceaneras, mm-hmm. and they, um, some of them are preferring to dress in charro dresses mm-hmm. and do Mexican traditional dances. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you see that? Because we talk a lot about how customs are changing. Uh, and uh, do you still see where um, parents who say they've been here for over three or four generations mm-hmm. are continuing to have the quinceaneras for their daughters? Or are you seeing it mostly in the first and second generations that come that are new here to this country? I am seeing it with the first and second generations that are new here to the country. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school, all my friends had quinceaneras, and we were all in each other's quinceaneras. The, the tradition back then was to wear a white dress, and then you had your 14 girls and your 14 boys, and then the escort. Mm-hmm. And um, then 
color you know it was the 80s so color was in and we started wearing color dresses and my quinceanera dress was burgundy my grandmother had picked it out and actually since i was a little girl i was already drawing out and sketching out what i really wanted and there was one store here in san marcus um and that is um that is over there near valentino's Mm -hmm. that sold dresses oh mrs mendes that's the the store that she had and it was um yeah so that's where i got my where i got my dress yeah mrs mendes yes yes she she had a play yeah for valentina she she sold uh, fabrics and fabrics and patterns yeah yes and also that was another thing we didn't get our dresses from stores so we picked out our pattern and and um had a seamstress had a some some time and usually was a family member that Mm -hmm. sold all the dresses Mm -hmm. that sewed them all and then um, then the, the boys, uh, they all wore tuxedos. That was a thing. The, in, in the 80s, it was the white tuxedo for the escort of the quinceanera. Yeah, I remember that um, standard was for the girls back then, uh, much uh, earlier, to wear a white dress because that was supposed to um, represent the, the purity that you have. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time that someone actually wore a collar and all the ladies were like, oh, no. Yes, you know, it was oh, a big to-do. Yeah. Showing shoulders mm-hmm. also, strapless, was a big no-no. Mm-hmm. If you were wanting to wear something like that, then you had to wear a shawl, something during church. And then at the dance part, then you would take that off mm-hmm. and then you'd be a strapless dress. Mm-hmm. But it was a big no-no to, to have sho- any shoulder showing. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to uh, assume because you're supposed to be um, in um, showing, you know, you're in this white dress and you don't want to show your body because that gives a whole different connotation. The meaning yes. is, yeah, yes. the meaning is different. And also at the, at one point we wore the mantilla. Oh. Mm-hmm. Some, some I, I wore mine to mass and then mm-hmm. after that I had just a flowered crown. It was not a big deal. But t- today's dresses, today's uh, tiaras they, uh, yes, they are very high end and very uh colorful dresses yeah. with sequins and rhinestones and um i've the, seen those tiaras go anywhere from four or five six hundred dollars yes now you were talking about the mantilla so that's like a veil it was like a veil. so for, was it just like a flat veil or was it like this the way the spanish used to wear so them you or? could either wear that or you could just wear the mantilla over mm-hmm. but remember back in the um uh, I still can remember as a child going to Catholic church wearing a mantilla. Mm-hmm. My mom wore a mantilla. And you don't see that anymore. You don't see you that tradition. You see them more in white or in black. Mm-hmm. You don't see the veils anymore. No, yeah. no, we don't see that anymore. But I was able to wear one for, mm-hmm. for my quinceanera. Mm-hmm. I don't see that tradition anymore. And um, so uh, the dresses, because you mentioned that. The dresses were very simple back in the 80s. 90s. So you would you would see them maybe with white, maybe with a little applique or some yes, pearls. Yes, just like a little shawl and and not very much you know rhinestoney and nothing. It was pretty plain, mostly like added flowers to I them. I used to see like uh, so like if you were born say like in May, you would see like a little ribbon mm-hmm. uh, uh, through the dress, dress to give it color. color. Yes, yeah. but you, uh, yes, but once it the color became, for some reason in the in the two thousands. <laughs> The quinceaneras became grander, larger, more than a wedding, um, bands. Uh, I had one where uh, a beautiful quinceanera where the girl's uh, grandfather was um, 
Joe Bravo. Mm -hmm. And then we had Shelly Lottis. He performed and Shelly Lottis performed. It was a family friend. Mm -hmm. It was a very beautiful quinceanera and and very family-oriented. I've had where the girls do not wear dresses. They wear jeans. And they wear these little white tops with their bellies hanging out and their damas. Mm -hmm. And the quinceanera girl still wears her dress, Mm -hmm. but that's what... And they wear their cowboy boots Mm -hmm. and their cowboy hats. So it is very much evolved because they they don't have it then at the church. So you're seeing it kind of too in a lot of ways uh, getting away from the tradition. A lot of the traditions are are fading away. Mm -hmm. Some don't even want the last doll. It it can be a stuffed animal or nothing at all. And then, of course, we have the exchange of the shoes too, which um, a lot of girls are choosing to wear tennis shoes under their dresses and then they change to their heels by the end of the night they're back into their they change right back to their van (laughs) tennis shoes so we are seeing a lot of that um another thing that we're seeing a lot of is entertainment so when i had my daughter's quinceanera we had a ballet folklorico that came in from san antonio we did have a live band back at the t- uh, back at the day, and that was in a, in a, the Fiesta Ballroom in in Mari- Mariachis. Too. In Mariachis, yeah. we had Mariachis, we had the folklorico, and we kept our guests entertained. Mm-hmm. At that time, we had padrinos that that my husband and I decided that we would have padrinos, the main padrinos, the wa- not the watch, but the necklace, the crown, mm-hmm. the dress. Uh, those main um but everything and those else things usually fall to the godparents godparents uh, you know uncles or you know aunts or grandparents and then we paid for everything else um because we felt like we were giving our daughter the birthday party mm-hmm. not the other way and, and when we got married we had padrinos for that because it was kind of a custom that the padrinos help pay for your wedding because it's to help you for your new start mm-hmm so that's that's how that was yeah we're going to take a quick station id break and be right back with you as we're talking about quinceaneras here on riasis on kcsm.org true community radio and uh trying to do something there we go a little music to go out on tour be right back with you Pet Preventalitter Pals of Central Texas is hosting a Roaring Twenties Gala on March 30th from 6 to 10 p.m. at Harper Hill Ranch to celebrate and promote responsible pet ownership, shelter pet adoptions, and most importantly, the continued efforts to have pets spayed, neutered, and zero pets in our animal shelters. The Pals Gala is an adults-only event that's designed to raise awareness and funds for community members who need help fixing their pets in Central Texas. PALS saves lives through spay and neuter. Now this event will include dinner by Heavenly Gourmet Catering, dancing and music by Jack Prince and the Kings, live and silent auctions, fashion show featuring adoptable pets from the San Marcos Regional Animal Shelter, wine, beer and spirits, raffles and swag. Roaring 20s theme attire is optional. Son las cuatro de la madrugada, lunes, y se encuentra literalmente absorbiendo mocos de bebé a través de un aspirador porque está congestionada. Hombre, eso es amor. 
y si tanto la ama, ámela lo suficiente como para asegurarse de que está sentada en el asiento correcto del automóvil, para asegurarse de que su hijo está en el asiento correcto acorde a su edad y tamaño. Visite nhtsa.gov diagonal protegidos. Demuéstreles que los ama. Manténgalos a salvo. Visite nhtsa.gov diagonal protegidos. Presentado por la National Highway Traffic Safety Administration y el Ad Council. Mind Windows. The art of Roberto Rios is on view now through early March via a six-gallery collaboration throughout San Marcos. Mind Windows celebrates more than 50 years of work by San Antonio native Roberto Rios. I imagine the brain as having rooms where images and dreams come to stay, said Roberto Rios. There are doors to each room, and in them there are windows. Open windows invite imagination in allowing us to dream. Through windows of the mind, life can change. Participating galleries are the Price Center, the Texas State Galleries at Texas State University, the San Marcos Art Center, the Walker's Gallery, El Centro Cultural Hispano de San Marcos, and the San Marcos Public Library. The exhibit is the second of its kind in as many years in which local art galleries have collaborated recognize an important local artist. So set the controls for this exciting exhibit. Mind Windows. And we are back here on Riasis, taking you back to Everyone Played Europa. (laughs) Yes, that's my takeaway tonight, but there's plenty more. So stay stay with us, Kathy. So we were talking about the entertainment part, and uh, as of late, I've seen... um, these robotics yes with the ro- lights and they're hype guys yeah. that come in and they they dance with the kids and i think you can rent them anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and that is a big big deal now um having a surprise also having a surprise gift is a big that you stop the kids you know stop everything for, and a surprise is, you know, presented to the quinceanera. I think the biggest surprise that I've ever had was, I think it, it was a car. And it was almost, back in, back a while back, there was the Sweet 16 on MTV, so people kind of wanted to do that, uh, to mimic. And, I mean, those were celebrities, so, but I did have one quinceanera that, in the middle, everybody had to go outside, and you a brand new car with a big red ribbon was presented to her. <laughs> well, I guess the parents are going to have to give her one sooner or later. Might as well give it to her. <laughs> right um, so, um, tell me, um, is there anything that stands out in your mind that you thought maybe with, you know, when you're doing this entertainment that was just like a little bit over the top, or something that just stands out for you? Something that stands out for me. Um, I would just say, I mean, when the robot first came, mm-hmm. I was like, I had a mom said, I'm getting a robot. And I said, a robot? <laughs> and she said, oh, yeah, a robot. Well, and actually the robot, as I describe it, is more like Transformers. Mm-hmm. And he's probably about, they're on stilts, but they're covered up to look like a Transformer. And they have lights all over them. And then they, they do robotic dances with the kids and stuff. That was the, the biggest deal because that was not ever part of a, a quince tradition. And actually, if you can get someone to sponsor that, a padrino to sponsor for that, because they can run you anywhere from $350 an hour and up. So that's, you know, uh, 
that we've had a balloon a balloon drop um I, I will have to say that most of them, most of my Quinceanera girls have been great. You know, I, the only thing that has surprised me in the years that I've been doing is where it becomes a competition. Mm. And I really wanted to discuss that because you become friends and you were planning your Quinceaneras. And at some point it becomes a competition. It could be a family member. It could be a friend. And then at the end of the day, we forget that what this whole purpose of having a quinceanera is, is your coming out party. It's, your pres- yeah. it's a celebration of your birth, of your becoming a young woman. And all of those other things are not important. And then also, um, you know, going to the mass and being presented those, uh, like the uh, necklace, it, everything has, every jewelry ha- is a symbol for some time to you used to get like a bible and is it a rosary is that do they still is that still a practice now if you go to mass they do get you get the bible and the rosary um then you get a cross necklace it could be a cross necklace um then the tiara and then uh, you have padrinos that provide a pillow so when you kneel and stuff but the bible and the rosary is the most important part of the catholic um, uh, uh, the mass, mass, the yes. But now, I am seeing more and more because the Catholic Church in the areas, some designate only one day a month for you to have your quinceanera. So all the girls that are going to have their quinceanera that month have to have it on a specific day. So they that's used, not they here used, in San Marcos. They used to do individual they ones, used to and, do individual. and a lot of churches have gotten away from that. So mm-hmm. you'll have how many girls that come in? Three, four, five girls that have their yes. quinceanera a mass together. Mass that day, and if you're lucky, you'll get a hall that day. Mm-hmm. And, but your birthday may not have been till the end of the month or the beginning of the month, and this falls in the middle of the month. Mm-hmm. So only that one lucky girl that's the closest to it can mm-hmm. get you know, can end up having the whole thing. So do they have them all at the same time or do they do them, you know, serially? You get done with one quinceanera, then you have the next. No, all the families gather to mass and the girls are all up front and they're presented with their gifts. It's just one thing. San Marcos is still doing individuals for right now, but there's certain times that you can have them. But what I'm encountering now are deacons or family friends that, will conduct the ceremony actually sometimes i conduct the ceremony and it's basically a blessing and then we have the padrinos that you know with the jewelry that we present at that time um the girl usually has a tiara so either she has it on already or we present her the tiara at that time and so that that is mostly what i'm seeing now because families say okay well there's a gap mass is at three and that's the only time we can get in one or three and there's a big gap and you have family from out of town so they want everything to go back to back so that's one of the reasons why the quinceaneras are now more turning into a party and just that small bit of tradition and that's about it and they go straight into the reception and then you know to the walls and all of that and then dance and the party so let me ask you a little bit about the foods too because um you back in the 70s traditional was 
when you had a quinceanera, the mole. Mm-hmm. And um, we've gotten away from that, too. Oh. So tell me a little bit now about the, the food stuff that's that's served in the quinceanera. And I know, too, now you have all these, um, su- a sweet bar, where yes. you have all different types of confections. Yes. That seems to be a real popular thing now, too. It's been, it's been around now mm-hmm. for at least 10 years. Uh, you have a dessert station, and then you have the cake. You still have your cake. And it can be a candy station, uh, which kids go wild over. Or it, it actually, at one point, it was a chocolate station. Mm-hmm. But then the venues decided, hey, we so don't like want to... So like fondue? Yes, like a fondue. Yeah. <laughs> you get the, the fruit, and you just stick it with a skewer mm-hmm. in the fountain. Mm-hmm. But it became such a mess that the venues decided, hey, we don't want you to... We, we don't allow that anymore. So instead, you have dipped chocolate strawberries, pretzels... A big thing is cookies, cookies that have your name on them, that have this certain designs that match your quinceanera. Um, a lot of candy, Mexican candy, we, we have that. Um, or sometimes we'll do bundt cakes or just cupcakes. You have a small cake, but then you have nothing but cup, uh, cupcakes to save because the cakes are so expensive now. So that 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 is very popular. Um, the food, what I'm seeing that most girls want right now are street tacos. Mm-hmm. And you do have certain restaurants that will come over and they were, are with the comal and they're heating up the tortillas and, and you, you can pick out what, you know, whatever you want to put in there and have street tacos, which I think is great. Or they have um, elote, mm-hmm. which is corn in a cup. So that's very popular. Uh, barbecue, still on the top 10. But as far as mole, I've not been to one quinceanera in the past. I've been doing this as a business since 2009, and I have not had one mole at all. Well, it's it's like that uh, chocolate fountain. It's, it's so messy. See? You know, you can't, you, you spill it on your dress, and then you're not presentable. Yes, and also the mole spoils yeah. depend, in the summertime. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had... Uh, paletas. Somebody come in with uh, the oh, paletas, wow, yeah. and, and that's that's a big hit, especially during the summertime. Yeah. But um, the candy, I mean, you would think it's the kids, but the the adults are just as crazy about the dessert station. And so I always say, make sure you have plenty because the the line. Whenever you announce dessert station, the line is so long so if you're not at the beginning of the line good luck if there's anything left for you when you're at the end (laughs) and what about music now are you seeing um you know before traditional was you know like you said you get a band are you seeing that less and less and are you seeing more djs or because the music has changed you know from what we used to listen to to what the kids listen to now because they listen to a lot of bad bunny a lot of reggaeton so the music has changed a lot so do you see more of the uh, dj type or still bands so in my years of of uh coordinating and um uh quinceaneras i've only had two bands two girls with bands the rest have been djs because they can play a variety and then they have lights so yeah it's they want to they want a cumbia cumbias are the most popular thing so well because you can da- you, you don't need a a young man to dance with you yes. you can dance by yourself or you can dance with other girls and they see that a lot now where the girls they dance with each other yes they they still do that and i do have some quinceaneras who don't want a, uh, an escort 
because they're very independent. They don't feel like they need to have one. They don't want to have any kind of drama with girls and boys and stuff so they can dance with whoever they want mm -hmm. and, and it's their party. And then the other thing is glow sticks. Glow sticks, I forgot to mention that when the cumbias come on, the we pass out the glow sticks. Um, the wands are very popular. They're LED wands that have different colors and they have the quinceanera's name on them. And so when you're doing line dancing or cumbias, you raise up that LED, uh, 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 whatever, the wands. So that's very popular. I remember um, when I asked Mercedes if she wanted to have a quinceanera and she said, Mom, I don't have 14 friends, much less 14 Mexican friends. She said, I just, I can't, I can't have it. Uh, but tell me how you've seen the change too because before you used to see just nothing but hispanic girls and now we're so integrated that you know girls they have uh, friends from all different nationalities so are you seeing that change too or you're not seeing as many quinceaneras with all hispanic girls absolutely absolutely and do you see them uh, having 14 uh no um when i had my daughters it was in 2001 uh she had the 14 mm -hmm. and it was hard um i paid for all the dresses and i had them sewn that was then mm -hmm. i sewn and then the guys they had the tuxedos uh as the years went by you had seven girls seven boys and then the quinceanera that would be 15. Mm -hmm. now i have some where there are only boys or only girls or no court at all Mm -hmm. Mom doesn't have to mess with getting people to fittings for, you know, the dresses because now they're not made. You have to go to a store, to a boutique to have your dress picked out. And it has to be one that the girl picks out and then has everybody to has anybody. to like it. Well, and that's a disaster, too, trying to have everybody like the, the dress and the color and yeah. then getting them all to the fitting at the same time. Yes. Yeah. And, and then in, and in between all of that, these kids are in sports. They're so active soccer softball you know baseball whatever you know they're really busy so a lot of moms are like you know i'm not going to waste my time doing trying to get all this it's even harder to get all the kids to meet to go to dance rehearsals mm -hmm. for the waltz mm -hmm. for the surprise dance all right and we're going to take a quick station id break and come back as we're talking about quinceaneras here tonight on riasis kzsm.org thank you for tuning in uh, folks uh, in san marcos and the surrounding area thanks for tuning in tonight we appreciate you we're going to be right back ladies and gentlemen y toda mi gente my name is josh also known as dj alpha in the mix and i am the host of the latin energy show on kzsm san marcos i'm inviting everyone to tune in every thursday evening and join the latin energy party here on kzsm.org we are all about community support so tune in online or download the kzsm app on your mobile device shout outs and requests make sure to follow and tag us on facebook at latin energy show kzsm tu sabes Las historias cobran vida en los parques y bosques locales. Son lugares de maravilla y están más cerca de lo que crees. Haz que el bosque forme parte de tu historia. Encuentra uno cerca de ti en descubreelbosque.org. Traído a ti por el Servicio Forestal de los Estados Unidos y el Act Council. Pet Preventalitter, Pals of Central Texas, is hosting a Roaring Twenties Gala on March 30th. 
from 6 to 10 p.m. at Harper Hill Ranch to celebrate and promote responsible pet ownership, shelter pet adoptions, and most importantly, the continued efforts to have pets spayed, neutered, and zero pets in our animal shelters. The PALS Gala is an adults-only event that's designed to raise awareness and funds for community members who need help fixing their pets in Central Texas. PALS saves lives through spay and neuter. Now this event will include dinner by Heavenly Gourmet Catering, dancing and music by Jack Prince and the Kings, live and silent auctions, fashion show featuring adoptable pets from the San Marcos Regional Animal Shelter, wine, beer and spirits, raffles and swag. Roaring 20s theme attire is optional. Yes, remember about those pets. And uh, we're back with you here talking about Quinceaneras tonight. And uh, Kathy, turn it back over to you. So I, I have this question for you about costs now. You know, of course, everything now, uh, you know, is triple in price. Um, give us an idea about how long it takes to coordinate uh, a Quinceanera from start to finish and uh, about how much it costs now um, if you're doing one on a budget and how much, you know, what's the most expensive one you've ever had? You know, so what's the most expensive one you've ever done? Well, first of all, um, there were never uh, quinceanera coordinators that I know of here in San Marcos that were officially a quinceanera coordinator. I took on that role. I was always helping out, so I ended up starting my own business. And um, I always meet with the parents, and we discuss budget. And when we discuss budget, I always mention to them that this is a one-day event. Your child still needs to graduate. You still need driver's le- driving lessons. You still need a car, and you still need that college fund. And we try to put a budget together. I probably, the, right at the beginning, we had like $5,000. was probably the, the least amount that we ever did. It was a, just a small quinceanera. The parents really couldn't afford much, so everyone uh, donated, donated the flowers, donated the cake, and it worked out fine. And the DJ, and we we got him at a deal. It was put together in a short amount of time, and the girl had a great time. So that was a that that to me was it was simple, and and she did the mass. It was perfect. Now the most expensive was close to forty thousand where the hall was large there was probably four or five hundred people there and they had a, a live band a dj mariachis a folklorico it was a whole whole day event um you know sometimes what happens is we get in debt mm-hmm. for our quinceanera and i always try to tell the parents you know when this is over this everything needs to be paid off so you don't have you're not paying for this for five years Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's it's sometimes my my girls are most of the time they are great that whatever their parent can afford sometimes it's like I want this and I always try to talk to them about you know we we kind of need to stay on budget you know I know you want this but wouldn't you rather try to save that money for your car or you know I, I always try to work with the parent I have a timeline with them from start to finish. I usually start 18 months to a year when I usually get booked. I've actually been booked two years in advance for a quinceanera. And I allow people to make payments so that way it won't be so much upfront. And I give them guidance through this whole period of time 
This is when you need to order the dress and the girls' dresses. Book the church, the main things, get ready. You're, the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to need to make all these deposits. And then there's going to, once you pick out the dress and the damas and all of that, there's a lull time, and then you need to get ready for choreography, if you decide you want to have choreography. But it is very expensive. Now, and the, the venues, the venues have, have changed. Um, the Cuatemos, $2,000 to rent for is one day. Is that right? Yes. We are looking about the same price at the activity center. And then Texas Old Town, five to $7,000, maybe even more by now. And then there is Geronimo Oaks. And one of the new venues, um, it's been out around for a few years, is King's and Queen's Ballroom. And uh, it's going toward New Braunfels. It's 15 minutes from San Marcos. It's a large venue. And you can do a lot of things. Every venue has their own rules, who you can bring as vendors. Uh, some don't have any rules. But people need to read their contracts when they get hired. They're so excited and they want to get that venue and they don't really read the contract and they sign it. And then when it's time, it's like, oh, no, you need to have insurance for mm -hmm. the vendors. You know, you have to have uh, the list of the caterers that we provide. And when you have a list of caterers, more than likely you're going to be spending quite a bit of money. Mm -hmm. So we're looking. I have not seen anybody with less than like fifteen, seventeen dollars a plate per person. Well, and and now brisket's getting really, really expensive. Yes. You know, so you know, a pound of brisket now is what like almost twenty dollars. Yes, and so. I've seen a lot of uh, chicken barbecue plates mm -hmm. lately, and the street tacos, mm -hmm. which even then that's still kind of pricey mm -hmm. because of the, it's the beef and the uh, uh, beef steak mm -hmm. that they use for it, but. Um, I have had one that was uh, a very elegant quinceanera in Austin at the mansion, and we had it catered at sit-down dinner. If you want to have a sit-down dinner, then that's going to cost you more per plate. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, the, the, the cakes are sky high now. And usually you have a few people that are sponsoring, we call them sponsors now instead of padrinos, that are sponsoring the cake. Because. Yeah, because I, I know back in, um, say, 80 and 95, uh, you know, a, a cake with four rounds was like $500. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what what does it cost now to buy a cake now? For At a least 1000 minimum wow. if you get a four-tier specialty cake mm -hmm. because the flour, the eggs, the sugar, everything has gone is, high, yeah, gone up high. And uh, some parents who can't afford that will get a small cake. And then we'll have cupcakes to save money, mm -hmm. or and or just have, you know just the, uh, tiered up with cupcakes, and at the top the small birthday cake, mm -hmm. and that that saves money. So we always find ways to use things to, to save money. I always give my advice on what if you do this or this in order to save money, mm -hmm. because it's very hard to look at a parent's eyes when they you know they want to do everything for their daughter for that day but they simply cannot afford it well and sometimes simple is better i think yes. sometimes you know you it, simplicity ha can, can say a lot mm -hmm. so um we're almost uh, how much more time do we have uh, you have about three minutes. three minutes i think before we close uh do you do you have any anything oh tell us about your business so yeah oh, okay i was gonna say so uh i've been in business since 2009 it's MLG event planning and decor. I used to have a website. I don't know, don't have one anymore just because no one trafficked it through there. Everyone goes through Facebook or Instagram. 
So I have Instagram and I have Facebook. And when I first started out, it was family and friends. Now it's people I don't even know. And everything's been through word of mouth. So, and my reviews and stuff. But I think I've been, I, I'm the first coordinator here. I really, I really like to help people. And when I work with a, a client, it's that I really focus on their day to make it special for them. Well, we want to thank you uh, for coming on to the show. I'm, I'm glad you came. And before we close out the show, I want to remember uh, Mr. and Mrs. Olmos. Because yes. they were here in San Marcos for a very, very long time, and they had their business here. I don't remember where they started, but I know that at one time they were over on Hopkins Street, and then they ended up over uh, right behind the Cuauhtémoc. Yes. So we'd, li- we'd like to remember them and their yes. business, which was called Miracles. Miracles, yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, and next else? week, uh, Mr. Mendez from Landis Shoe Clinic is going to be our guest. There we go. Thank you. That was it. Kathy, Laura, and uh, uh, Melba Garcia, thank you for coming in tonight. Thank and, you for having uh, me. Uh, I've learned a lot about uh, the, the quinceaneras, and uh, I hope that you will continue to keep this going forward as a bridge between the past and the future and how this tradition can uh, still stay relevant and vibrant uh, i plan to i it it sucks me in <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much and uh, this has been oasis here on sunday night thank you for tuning in everyone and coming up here uh we have uh, radio theater coming up next